is Bloomberg Surveillance. The economy and the markets can move themselves apart um, and don't always move in the same direction, but from a feed-on-the-ground economy perspective, things are okay right now. And it will take another 18 months of 200,000 a month in non-farm payroll raises before we see anything like a big jump in wage growth that you'd see at full employment. Companies who don't have a clear purpose in life and don't execute well obviously vanish, and they vanish faster than they used to because people can see the lack of performance more quickly than they used to. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Michael McKee and Tom Keene. Bloomberg Surveillance, uh, markets on the move, a real interesting cross-asset day. A little bit of recovery in the last hour, but still a wait to the tape. Two-year yield, 0.72%. Uh, really beginning to move uh, down. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by Cone Resnick. Accounting tax advisory regulatory changes can impact your business. See how the experts at Cone Resnick can help you navigate these complexities. Find out more at ConeResnick.com. We look at Greece right now. Greece is a worn-out story, but it's not. Michael, you've got the... Uh, view on this. Oh, Grexit is back. We uh, thought that Greece was in the rearview mirror, uh, but it is not. The recent uh, discussions about the IMF finding it hard to make a deal to join the bailout process for the Greeks now have investors again considering the possibility that Greece will fall out of the Eurozone. And the timing couldn't be worse because the big debt payment is due just after the Brexit vote. So we may have Brexit followed by Grexit it could be a summer to remember. Nick Malkutsis is our old friend, the editor at uh, Kathmarini's English Edition in Athens and the founder of Macropolis, uh, the website for political news and analysis in Greece. And, uh, Nick, um, I, I mean, it never went away for you, obviously, but all of a sudden <laughs> it's back. How dangerous is the situation now compared with what we've lived through? Well, I... You're right. Never did really go away. I think what uh, if, if we wind back about 12 months or so, we had obviously a very extreme period of uncertainty and concern last year when there appeared to be no way that the Greek government and its lenders could reconcile their differences. That ended up with an agreement in uh, July, uh, which uh, theoretically put the threat of Grexit. Uh, or killed it off once and for all, but it didn't really because it's always the case that uh, these Greek bailout packages, because they come with conditionality and tough conditionality, once the government, the Greek government, has to start implementing that and has to agree on the details of the measures and the reforms with the lenders, then difficulties arise. And we're in a similar kind of position this this year, right at the moment, the uh, lenders are back in town trying to close out with this, this bailout review in order to release the next round of uh, funding. And there are difficulties because uh, there are a lot of measures to agree. You know, 3% of GDP in measures for this year and another 3% for the next two years. Pensions, taxes, the sale of non-performing loans, it's all very politically sensitive stuff. Well, our Francine Lacroix sat down with the managing director of the IMF, Christine Lagarde, this morning. Here is what she had to say about Greece. We continue to be focused on uh, addressing the Greek situation by negotiating in good faith with a twofold objective. 
One is to restore the financial stability of the country and to give it debt sustainability. And number two, to equip that economy with the competitiveness, the productivity, the structural reforms that are needed for it to be independent. Now, the key question, Nick, seems to be whether or not the debt is sustainable from the IMF's point of view. And they argue that given what the uh, Chippers government has not done, uh, it's not sustainable at this point. Well, exactly. This is the big issue that's dividing the lenders at the moment, because for all the differences between Greece and the IMF and Greece and the Eurozone lenders, there are also differences between the IMF and the European lenders. And the key one here is what level of austerity to demand from Greece, what kind of primary surplus targets do we set Greece, and how can we offset that with debt relief. And the IMF's position is that they would prefer a lower primary surplus target for 2018 rather than the 3.5% that had been agreed as part of the bailout package to lower lower it to 1.5%, but for the difference to be made up by debt relief on the European part. And that, of course, then becomes a problem for the Eurozone. Nick, recalibrate the Greece economy for us. It was a run rate of 4%, and all hell broke loose. You go down to literally a negative 10% real GDP, and the miracle is it's rebounded to a recession. I mean, basically zero, maybe a little bit negative GDP. Do the people of Greece feel they're in recovery? No, not at all, Tom. I I think one of the interesting things last year, because we had a really – exceptionally difficult last year uh, uh, in in 2015 because of the prolonged negotiations, the uncertainty, uh, and, of course, banks were shut down. We had a bank holiday for five weeks. Uh, Capital controls were introduced and they're still in place. And everyone was expecting the economy to really do very, very badly. And, And one of the key reasons that it didn't do so badly was that people had been withdrawing their deposits for months before the capital, before the banks closed and before the capital controls were put in place. And this had a kind of dampening effect on, on, on the recession. The problem now is that with the bailout review still pending, and as uh, Mike mentioned, the, the idea of Brexit returning, no one is really willing to put their money into the Greek economy, whether that's at a local level, you know, small, medium-sized enterprises, yeah. or whether you're talking about major privatization projects. Everything is in, on hold, and that's obviously very damaging for the Greek economy, and no one can really feel any sense of recovery or certainty. I mean, Mike, I just put out on Bloomberg Radio Plus the Greek GDP, and it shows that fragile rebound towards negative GDP. Uh, well, in the fourth quarter, the Greek economy contracted by eight-tenths. What does the first quarter look like, Nick? Is uh, the recession continuing? The, the first quarter, yes. Yes, we we, uh, we saw a downturn in the first quarter, and we, we do expect a recession this year, and uh, Greece isn't expected to start to, to grow again until next year. And, of course, we had the, the, the first signs of growth after a six-year recession, in 2014, and they disappeared last year, and whatever, even a weak recovery was lost. So now it's back to square one and to try and rebuild that. And, and sadly, you know, n- nothing 
positive will emerge until this uncertainty of where Greece stands with re in relation to its lenders and whether it's uh, placed in the Eurozone is secured. Uh, you know, until those are cleared up, you, you, you can't expect much from the Greek economy. Well, uh, I mean, we'll come back in a second, but let me just ask you before we have to take a break here. Uh, why is the IMF so important? You got the money from the Europeans. Well, the, the IMF is not important in terms of the money. It's important in terms of the technical know-how it brings uh, and the assurances that it gives the uh, European lenders, Germany in particular, that the program is being implemented uh, properly. Not too long ago, the uh, German finance minister, mm -hmm. Wolfgang Schäuble, suggested that uh, trying to get his parliament, the German parliament, to uh, approve more loan disbursements for Greece without the involvement of the IMF would be like taking a candle into a room full of uh, dynamite. The, the, the German political system simply doesn't trust the European lenders, the European Commission, the European Central Bank, to implement, to ensure the implementation, to enforce the implementation of the program and the structural measures that need to be uh, carried out by Greece. Uh, very quickly, do, do we put any credence in the idea that the IMF has put forward that maybe the Greeks record, secretly recorded IMF conversations and leaked them? Well, you know, the, the situation is complex in, enough in itself. And then we had this uh, WikiLeaks uh, publication on, on Saturday, a transcript between uh, three IMF officials discover, discussing the state of play in the negotiations. Uh, the, the recording was apparently made uh, on March the 19th, and it does complicate relations. There wasn't anything of a particularly sensitive nature in the, uh, uh, in, the in the transcript that was published, uh, simply showing that the IMF is concerned that the, the Europeans aren't coming around to their position. But its publication, mm -hmm. the questions about where the recording came from, the insinuation that perhaps the Greek right. side had something to do with it is really uh, eroding right. trust. Let's do this. Nick Malkousis, let's come back on Greece. Lots to talk about here. I haven't addressed it in a while. We'll look at it within the broader perspective of Europe and the comments of Madame Lagarde today. Futures improved a bit, negative 15. Time now for the latest news update. Here is Michael Barr. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. It is primary day in Wisconsin. Republican Ted Cruz and Democrat Bernie Sanders lead in polling in the state. Meanwhile, according to a published report, Donald Trump says he will force Mexico to pay for a border wall by cutting off billions of dollars in remittances by immigrants living in the U.S. According to a report in the Washington Post, Trump is threatening to change a rule under the Patriot Act anti-terrorism law by cutting off money transfers sent to Mexico. The report goes on to say that Trump proposes withdrawing the threat if Mexico makes a one-time payment of 5 to $10 billion to finance the wall. North Korea's main ally and trading partner, China, is apparently turning up the heat on Pyongyang over its nuclear and missile tests. China today imposed restrictions on imports and exports. Global News, 24 hours a day. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom. Michael, thanks so much. The yen, 110.58. That's a little bit weaker than where it was two hours ago, but nevertheless, strong yen lead global data statistic today. 
Bloomberg Surveillance on Greece. This news update brought to you by SSNC. More experience, superior technology, independence, and expertise. That's how SSNC drives the future of fund administration. SSNC, they're the future of fund administration. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures, they are falling this morning. Let's go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Vince Signorella. Good morning, Vince. Good morning, Karen. As you say, U.S. equities are lower following a risk-off tone that began in Asian markets and continues to weigh on global stocks. Dow down 101, S&P minus 14, and NASDAQ trading lower at 26. Crude prices are steadying. Ten-year yields are lower at 1.73%. The dollar mostly higher with one major exception. The Japanese yen, the dollar trading a 17-month low at 110.65. On the U.S. economic front, at 8.30 we get trade figures, 9.45 market PMIs at 10, ISM non-manufacturing data and jobs, jolts openings. In today's top news, Fed President Evans in a Bloomberg TV interview in Hong Kong noted a risk to global developments reiterated his expectation of two rate hikes this year and a gradual approach thereafter. New U.S. tax rules may impact the planned $160 billion merger between Pfizer and Allergan. Tesla first quarter deliveries misforecast. Full year apparently remains on track. Live from the first word breaking news desk, I'm Vincent Signorella. Karen? All right, thanks, Vince. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg, type Squawk Go on your terminal. That's S-Q-U-A-W-K Go. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, uh, thanks so much. Greatly appreciate it. Negative 18 is about where we got. And futures, as Vince mentioned, negative 15 uh, right now. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you as always by Invesco. Factor-based strategies can help investors focus on high-quality, low-volatility, and more. Learn more at Invesco.com slash High conviction. Michael, you look at the debate on Greece and the debate of the guests that we have is when do they restructure debt? That seems to be the five-year never-ending debate. Well, the interesting thing about what's happened in the markets as this news has broken is that we're not seeing such a reaction in the markets. Nothing like what we saw yeah. uh, before the last default. Uh, two-year yields are higher and credit default swaps are higher, but not significantly uh, we're talking with Nick Malkutsis. He's the founder and editor of Macropolis, the political analysis site uh, for Greece. And, uh, Nick, uh, I assume that the somewhat muted market reaction has mostly to do with the fact that it's the European governments who own most Greek paper now. Well, that's, that, that's right. This is uh, primarily an issue for the Eurozone to sort out. And um, that's why... A lot of people felt it a bit strange that over the last few months, the Greek government, the Prime Minister Alexis Tsipras, have been repeatedly critical of the IMF because amongst the four lenders that are out there, it's the only one that is publicly and obviously behind the scenes advocating some form of debt relief for Greece and debt relief which would simply not... Uh, reduce the stock, but would then make the primary surplus targets that are being discussed much more achievable. Uh, so it's very strange that over the last few months and in the wake of the WikiLeaks publication on uh, Saturday, 
that the Greek government's position is to question the role of uh, the IMF when it seems to be arguing the Greek case. Uh, the Europeans, of course, you know, debt relief for them is a very complex issue because they have to go back to national parliaments and explain to their MPs and obviously to their voters that despite the fact that we agreed three bailout programs with uh, Greece, the biggest they ever bailouts in <laughs> national uh, yeah. economic history, uh, we, we haven't made it. We need to... Um, do something to reduce their debt. Obviously, it's not going to be a write-off. We're talking about playing around with interest rates, extending maturities, and so on. But nevertheless, politically, it's a difficult discussion for them to have at home. Yeah. How has the landscape changed? i got a fancy chart here of European Union top-line nominal GDP. And the peak is 08. Folks, it's radically different than what we see in the United States. And it's down a breathtaking 20%, essentially a $14 trillion economy has become an $11.5 trillion economy. How has that changed the dialogue between Athens and the rest of Europe? Well, uh, it's a good point, and I think it makes it more difficult to discuss, particularly the issue of, uh, of debt relief in an environment where other people's economy, other countries' economies are uh, going through a tough period. And we're talking here about countries like Finland, which until a year or so ago had been one of the uh, hardest line, uh, took one of the hardest lines in the, the Greek bailout uh, discussions. You look around and the, the, the French economy is in difficulty. The Italian economy is uh, suffering as well. Uh, and in this environment, for the leaders of these countries to come out and say, look, um, the Greek bailouts have essentially failed and we need to find a way of uh, reducing the country's uh, debt is obviously embarrassing for them and very difficult uh, uh, oh. politically. Uh, the, you know, the other side of that equation is that it also makes economic recovery for Greece much more difficult because you are in a European environment where there is uh, little growth uh, and it makes it much more difficult to try and grow your way out of this crisis as well when, when the countries around you are not doing so well. We've got just a minute left, Nick. Uh, $2.5 billion interest payments due in July right after the Brexit vote. Can Greece make the payments? Well, look, without a deal, the July payments are going to be very, very difficult, and that's why it's the, you know, the hard stop in the, the negotiations, if you, if you like. Uh, Greece is probably going to have to have a deal in place and to have disbursements by then in order to meet uh, those payments. Uh, the coffers are starting to dry up. It's gone through a, a relatively easy period in terms of repayments over the last few months, but July is, is mm -hmm. going to be nearly impossible to, to manage mm -hmm. without some kind of outside finance. A Greek and European briefing this morning from Nick Melkoutsis. Thank you so much. Greatly appreciate that. Anything <laughs> else we got to keep an eye on? Yeah, it's been totally off the radar, and you know, I think most people look at the minutiae and go, haven't we heard this before? But there's some really interesting things. To me, the, the backdrop, Michael, of a dampened EU and global GDP is the real game change. Maybe as we go into another bout of Greece-anomics.
I believe I'm inventing a phrase there. Futures, negative 16. Uh, economic data to look at. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Coming up with the With All Due Respect highlight brought to you by Land Rover. If it's in your nature to cast off the everyday and seek adventure, the Discovery Sport was built to help your search. Visit LandRoverTriState.com or call 1-800-FIND-4WD for details. Land Rover, above and beyond. <laughs> 